<laughs> past two times that I have been up here for the, for the years, I've given you a challenging word. And I, I'm tempted to tell you this morning, I'm going to give you a happy word. You know, puppies are going to fly across and you're going to say, wow, I, I feel good. It was good for me to be here. Amen? Amen. That is the type of word you're going to get this morning. A sweet, sweet word from the Lord. Let's pray. God, we come again to your sacred text, and we thank you for your spoken word. For by your power, you spoke everything into existence. We thank you for your written word, for it reminds us that it is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. We thank you for the incarnate word who is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who shows up time and time again to show us how we ought to live as children of your word. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit who is enabling me to preach your word, the Holy Spirit who will transform the lives of your children. Because Lord, you know that none of us are worthy, but by your blood, Lord, we are well able to come before your throne humbly yet boldly. Help us to be more than hearers of the word, but doers so that together we can experience the fruit of your word. And all God's people says, Amen. This is us. We are concluding our sermon series today about what we believe. And so for the past five weeks, we have dealt with what we believe about God, what we believe about his word, what we believe about salvation, what we believe about the end of time, and last week, what we believe about humanity. And we tie all of that up today in a nice little bow. And we're gonna be talking about what we believe about the church, Christ church. As part of the EMCC, this is the statement that um, we, we hold to be true about the church. We believe that the true church consists of all people everywhere who have been reborn through personal participation by faith in the death and resurrection of Christ, being called out to become part of the body of which Christ is the head. The church is visible to the world when believers gather in community and when they are active in serving and blessing others in Jesus' name. I'm going to read that again. The church is visible to the world when believers gather in community and when they are active in serving and blessing others in Jesus' name. The church is the evidence of God's saving work and a strategic part of God's plan to reflect his grace, proclaim his truth, and extend his care to the world. The people of God have been sent on mission to the world to love and worship God in a spirit of unity, to teach the world of God, to teach the word of God, to celebrate baptism and communion, to encourage all people to follow Jesus 
and to participate in the ever-growing kingdom of God. Do you believe that? I believe that too. Our text this morning then comes to us from the Gospel of John. We're in John chapter 20 and we'll begin at verse 19. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sin, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Verse 24. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, was one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And I, I know you're wondering, how is she going to preach that with the church? She shall. Our topic this morning the church, it matters to me. I love coming to church. I, I really do. Every Sunday, I, I look forward to come to church. I, I wake up happy. I'm, I'm happy today for next week, Sunday. I really love coming to church. And that is a um, stark contrast to the girl who refused to come to church when she wasn't a Christian. I, I thought church was a waste of time. Why do I have to go there every single Sunday? Why can't I have a Sunday off? And I know that you probably think the same thing. Yes, you just want a Sunday off. But since accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I have come to, I've come to realize that there is something about being in church that is necessary for my survival as a Christian. It is important that believers gather together and walk with each other and encourage each other. 
there is this, uh, the pearl of all Psalms lies in Psalms 84. It is um, written by the sons of Korah. And they say this, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. They longed to be in God's house. And it reminds me of the pilgrimage that they, the Hebrews would take as they go up towards Jerusalem. And you can imagine what it must have been like as they take the journey up to Jerusalem, that they would have gathered their entire family together, all the children, and they would have prepared the donkeys and the oxen, they would have loaded them down with all the food and the clothes, and the children, they're laughing and they're playing as they travel there. And just picture for a moment that you would have seen your best friend coming out and you're waving and you're shouting because you all are going up to Zion. You're going up to worship God. It must have been fun. It must have been a family affair as they, they took the rest and maybe they cooked something and maybe they all ate together and they shit and they asked, I wonder where my child is and somebody would have said, he went with my daughter, they're, they're way ahead and they feel safe and secure, much like what we do today when we come here. If you look around on Sunday morning, we are all greeting each other. We are sharing hugs and we are touching and we are trying to see who can get somebody's baby first. <laughs> and you're laughing because you know it is the truth. And before you know it, somebody is shaking your hand and when you catch yourself, when you peek, there's money in your hand. I like those types of handshakes. Have you ever got a handshake like that? Those are the best kind. And maybe somebody pulls you in for a hug and somebody's asking you about your week. How was your week? And you're telling them. And maybe somebody's sad or somebody's in pain and you're giving them a hug or they're giving you a hug and it's warming your heart. And that is what we experience when we come to God's house. It is a family affair, it's a family reunion because we haven't seen them for seven whole days and we are happy to be among each other again. It is worth the trip coming to God's house. And on my way here, I, I usually put the music on and I'm singing and I can't sing. And so Ajani is very upset and he turns the music off and I sing anyway. And I'm praying on my way to church. I'm praying for the worship team. I'm praying for the word. I'm praying for every single one of you because that is how it ought to be when we are on our way to church with our families. The truth is we miss a lot when we are not physically present with God's people. It is worth the trip coming to church. It is a family affair. And that's the word. Because every single one of us, we know somebody who are convinced and convicted that church is not necessary. All of us know someone who is not in church today and they have no plans to ever coming back to church because they are like bedside Baptists with pillar pastors and the sheets are the worship music. And sometimes when you ask them, they would say, well, I'm spiritual, not religious. 
and you really don't know what that means and because they have convinced themselves that you don't, you don't have to belong to church. You really don't need to come to church. And I get it. I completely get it because church can be a difficult experience for many. And for many people, church can leave a bad taste in your mouth. There are many people who have been hurt by church. And also church takes effort. It must take effort to get all your children ready. And they don't want to get, they don't even want to wake up. It is a process to get a journey out of bed on a Sunday morning. And then you have to dress or dress them, right Steph? And they make you late. It takes effort to come to church. It, it, it's hard to wake up out of your warm bed. And oftentimes we don't want to. We don't want to, but we force ourselves to say, I, I'm, I'm going. And that is what makes our text today so powerful. It is a lesson in why we really should not miss coming together with God's people. Hang out in this text, John chapter 20. And I want you to see how the events played out here speaks to you and I today, and it presses on us why coming to church is so important. It is the first day of the week. It is Sunday. Jesus had been crucified. The job of salvation has been completed. And now he is resurrected. The very first thing on his agenda is to go and see his disciples. And we know this because that's what he told Mary. Tell my disciples... I am on my way before them to Galilee. He's going to talk with his disciples. But when Jesus got there and he took a roll call, one of them was missing. The Bible doesn't say why Thomas was not there. Maybe Thomas was hurt. Maybe he was still grieving. Maybe Thomas was disappointed that Jesus had in fact died when he thought that he was the Messiah. Maybe it was a long week and Thomas was tired like you and I. Maybe Thomas was frustrated that James and John kept a barbecue and they did not invite him and so he refused to be there with them. Maybe, maybe Thomas had read that that Peter was not the one preaching and he didn't want to hear anything from Thaddeus. Maybe, maybe he knew that the, the, the Corinthian Blue Jays were playing the Roman Red Sox and he, he had to stay home because the game was on. Like, like, like we? Mm -hmm. We don't know why Thomas was missing, but we know that he was not where Jesus expected him to be. Belonging to a church and showing up consistently is not optional for believers of Jesus Christ. That is why Hebrews 10.25 says, Do not forsake the assembly of the saints as is the custom of some. When Jesus built his church, Jesus, it never dawned on him that we would be considering whether we ought to be in church or not, whether we wanted to belong or not. The expectation is that when we are Christian and as we are believers of Jesus Christ, that we will belong to the church of Jesus Christ. He commands it. 
And it begs the question for you and I, why does church matter? Why should we belong to a local church? And the first answer is this, we need to be in a relationship with other witnesses. One of the reasons Jesus commands our staying together is that Jesus knows that on our own, we are going to fail. Which is why when he sent his disciples out, he always sent them out two by two because there comes a time in all of our lives when we will need somebody else. We will need to lean on somebody. You're gonna to need to pick your phone up and make a call to a brother and sister and say, I'm struggling and say, I'm hurting and say, I need prayer. Will you pray for me? Jesus understood that. And I get it. I get it because to that, maybe in your mind you're saying, well, you know what, Serena? Church folks can be the worst. You know what we say, Christians are the worst. They can be the meanest people that we know. Amen? Mm-hmm. We, we hear it all the time. Some of us even appreciate people outside of the church than those in the church because church folks can get on your last nerve. Yeah, it's true. It is true, but here is something that we need to know about church people. Church people are people. They're just people, like you and me. They have good days and they have bad days. You have good days and you have bad days. You are not always happy. Don't expect everybody to be always happy. You're not always in a good mood. Why should they always be in a good mood? You have ups and you have downs. The church is not a gathering of perfect people. And all of us lie outside of people being abused in church. I'm not talking about that. That is wrong on every level. But the church is a gathering of sinners saved by the grace of God. And every single one of us in here, even now, we are completely and totally reliant upon God's grace. Because we know that we ourselves, we are not perfect. And if you ever find a perfect church, if you go to a church and you see people flying around like cherubims and they have halos on their heads and they have everything figured out, do not join that church. Because if you join that church, you are going to mess that church up because your halos are twisted and tilted and you have sin tendencies. Do not join that church. There is no perfect church and there are no perfect people. Church matters because when we come to church, we are surrounded not by perfect people, but by people who care about you. How many people can say, I do believe that the people in this church truly care for me. They are not perfect, but I believe that they care. I believe that if I need them, that they would show up. And the thing is, if you are in this church, and you find that Bartholomew is unfriendly to you, go find John. John is going to let you put your head on his shoulder. 
find the people who are showing that they truly care about you. The Bible says that Thomas was not with them. But the Bible goes on to say that after they had met Jesus, they went to look for Thomas to share the good news with him and said, Thomas, he's alive, he's alive, the Lord is alive. Why? Because they cared so much about him. When you do not see somebody in church, pick your phone up and give them a call. I didn't see you. I have not seen you for so long. Are you okay? How can I help you? That is what they did. They went to find Thomas. He said, Thomas, you should have been there. He showed up. He was alive. It was so good to see him. And although you may be going a rough time, it is important that you have somebody who you can reach out to and call people who truly care about you, people who would take you out to lunch, people who would take you out for coffee, people who even when they do not know anything about that friend who you have sick, but they said, my friend is ill, can you please pray? My mom had a bad fall, can you please pray? They are going to pray because people in God's church truly care about us. They truly care. And I know that we like to listen to our pastors, our favorite pastors online. You know, we have the, the T.D. Jakes, and we, we have Stephen Furtick, maybe you have Robert Morris, whoever your favorite online pastor may be, but I bet you this, you can't call Stephen Furtick and tell him to pray for you. Uh-uh. You, you can call him to tell him to pray for your mother. But you can call anybody in your local church and tell them, can you please pray for me? We need to belong to a local church. It is important. But when they found Thomas, Thomas said to them, I will not believe. Unless I see for myself I will not believe. But Thomas missed something so important because he wanted to see for himself. But when Jesus showed up, Jesus showed them his hand as proof to say, it is I, I am he. But Thomas missed it. And so he's, he's wherever he is, he's all bitter and he's disappointed and he's feeling so hurt because Jesus is dead, he thinks, but he does not know that Jesus is alive. And when we are not in church, when we are not where God wants us to be, then we can easily find ourselves home in bed, depressed and sad and broken, hiding under a pillow because we do not know that Jesus is very present and a word was given in church, but we were absent. We were absent, hiding in our sadness. Thomas missed out on his faith being strengthened and encouraged. And he wanted to see something that Jesus showed, but Thomas was absent. But Jesus is so good and so gracious and so kind and loving that the Bible says to us that eight days later, Jesus showed up again. And I asked myself, well, why couldn't you show up the next day? Why do you have to wait eight days? Jesus showed up the first time on the first day of the week, a Sunday. 
And eight days later, another Sunday, when they were all together again, Jesus chose to show up again because the expectation is that God's people must be where God expects us to be worshipping together that when he shows up, we are all here and nobody is missing out. And so when you come here, you hear a testimony of God's goodness and it encourages your heart. Somebody pray over you and you are strengthened because it all happens in community. We miss things when we are not in church. The church matters. And here is number two. It matters because we need to know our responsibility to the world. Jesus said to his disciples, the same way the Father sent me, I am sending you. I'm sending you out into the world to change the world for the better. I'm sending you out in the world to feed the hungry. I'm sending you out in the world to minister to those who are sick and diseased. I am sending you out to love people who are of a different sexual preference than you are. I am sending you out to women who have had abortions and women who are probably seeking to have abortions. I am sending you out to be in fellowship with people who look different than you. And all of it happens in community. It is done in the body of believers. And every single one of us, we are gifted to do so because Christ commanded that we receive this gift from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has entered every single one of us as believers and he has granted us certain gifts. And none of us has all the gifts. It is creative genius that Jesus would say everybody would have different gift sets but all of the gifts must work well together for the glory of God. And so if you're using your gift all by yourself, it's wrong. It's not a gift. Gifts are used to edify, to build up, and to strengthen the body of Christ. And so if all we do is come here and sit, that is not using your gift. If we come here and gossip, that is not using any gift. If all we do is complain, that is not using a gift because gifts are used to enlarge the kingdom of Christ. And so the Holy Spirit is bringing each of us selective gifts. If I were to come up here and I were to lead worship, it would be really bad. It would be bad. If I were the one they asked to play the piano, you, you, you would leave. You'd really leave. Because all of us can only function well in the gift that the Holy Spirit has given to each and every one of us. He was very intentional with that because if any one of us had all of the gifts, we would not need anyone else. And so God says, you do not have all the gifts. Somebody else has the gift that you need. And when we come together as the body of Christ, the gifts are all supposed to be working together to build and to encourage and to strengthen all of us up, all for the glory of God. All for the glory of God. We need each other. And belonging to a local church, it matters. And here is number three. The church matters because we need 
to receive a word from God. The Lord wants us to come into a community that he has called his church because he wants to speak a word to us. And the beautiful thing is that Jesus always, always has a word. He showed up to the disciples and the first thing he said to them was, peace be with you. He granted them his peace. Why? Because he knew that that was exactly what they needed to hear. They were heartbroken. They had remembered the Friday two days before. They were sad. He was gone. He whom they had walked with, the promised one, the Messiah, was dead. And together they were all depressed. And he showed up with exactly the word that they needed to hear. Peace be with you. Have you ever been experiencing a difficult situation? You're sad. You're depressed. Something is overwhelming you. But still you come to church and, and the pastor preaches a word that applies and it fits and it hits you really hard. Right where you needed it and it encouraged your heart and it strengthened and you said to yourself, man, the pastor preached on me today. No, it is God giving you the word that you need to hear. And you cannot get that word if you're home tucked away under your blanket, depressed. Because you believe that God is not speaking to you. God will always speak what we need to hear. And sometimes we need to come into fellowship with the body of Christ so that God can speak to his people. And this is important to know. Because God will not always speak a word that will make you feel good and mushy. You get to shout and clap and dance. Sometimes God will give you a blistering word. Sometimes it will convict you so that you can look at your life and pull yourself together. Sometimes you'll get a word from the Old Testament. Sometimes it comes from the New Testament. Sometimes it will not be, make you feel warm and mushy. Sometimes they'll make you come to the altar and kneel and pray, but all of it is meant to be balanced in diet because God knows exactly what we need to hear when we need to hear it. The church matters. It matters that we belong to a local community. And here is number four. We need to be in a place where we can respond to the wonders of God. What is our reasonable response to a God who has been so good to us? When you come into the Lord's house, you are free to shout. You are free to raise your hand. You are free to say amen. You are free to say hallelujah. You know you can't do that on your job. You know you run the risk of going to human resources. You're in your cubicle talking about Jesus, 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 Jesus. You know somebody will come at you, but within the body of Christ, we are free to worship and to give God praise. And Jesus expects that, that his believers will come together and worship him freely. That's why the Bible says, when Jesus showed up to his disciples, and revealed himself to them in the midst of their hurting, broken heart over his crucifixion. You can only imagine what must it have been like in that room. Knowing that they were sitting there all 
father. And all of a sudden, he who was dead showed up and he said, peace be to you. I think I would have run away and said, ghost, ghost, ghost. But their heart must have been rejoicing. The resurrected Jesus, their savior, their friend, their leader was now amongst them. And although their hearts were depression-filled, they were now at ease. And maybe like us, some were quiet because they, didn't, they couldn't find the words to speak. Maybe some shouted, hallelujah, amen, glory be to God. Maybe some started clapping. Maybe some went into a dance. Because when you see the goodness of God, you really can't help but to respond to the wonders of God. All together, the goodness of God, celebrating the resurrected Jesus because church matters. A day set aside for worship should never feel like any other day. Something inside of us ought to say, I need to get to church. It is Sunday, I'm going to church. I love my church. I love God. I am going to church. And maybe when we come here, we should pull out our phone and take selfies in church and say, hashtag Trinity, I love my church. And post it. We post everything else. Maybe that's what we really ought to do because we're excited to come together in the house of the Lord. Where else can you go when you're hurting, when you're feeling lost, when you're broken, when you're depressed? Where can you go when you're bruised and you're battered? Where can you go when you feel like you're giving up? The Bible says, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. The rock is Jesus and you will find hope and comfort and strength when you come into the body of Christ. It will happen. There is hope in the house of God. There is love and joy in the presence of God. That's what we sing. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord and we won't be quiet. We shout out his praise. That's what we sing. And we sing it for a reason because we are together in God's house. The Bible says that Jesus showed up and he didn't just speak to them. The Bible says that he looked at them and he breathed on them. He breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Church is unique, not because we gather in just to sing. You can sing anywhere. Not because we gather to have food. You're going to have food tonight watching the Super Bowl. But because we know that when we come here, we can feel the breath of the Holy Spirit on us. Church matters. The Bible says in the book of Acts, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one accord and there came a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled them. They had tongues like cloven and there was fire and the Holy Spirit sat on them. Wouldn't you like the Holy Spirit to just sit on you and breathe on you and fill you and restore you and renew you and replenish you? And it happens in community. That is why Jesus said, wait together. Do it together, that there ought to be times when we come together as the body of Christ and we are worshiping God together. 
And if you can get that in a church, come to that church, be filled. And the psalmist declared, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Do not come into God's house depressed. Come with the, 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 the reassurance that you will have hope, that something will fill you, that something would touch you, that you would be strengthened, that you would be anchored and remain steadfast in God. Now more than ever, God's people need to be in his church. Now more than ever, marriages need the church to survive. Now more than ever, our children need to come to God's house. It is a difficult, difficult world. And we need to come together to be among God's people and to feel the Holy Spirit breathe on us and strengthen us. The church matters. I love hearing the church bells ring. I used to hear them every Sunday morning back home. And it was a call to worship. I, I, I couldn't get a bell for this morning. I was going to ring that bell this morning. It's a call to come to church. And so as I was having breakfast, I, I heard the church bell. And I said, that's it. That's it. It is the call that says, it's Sunday, it is time to worship. Get up, get moving, put your clothes on, get your spirit ready, head out to church. And that's what we really ought to do. Do not let the call to gather together as God's children be silenced in your heart. That is what the enemy is trying to do. He's trying to silence the call to come together to worship God. There is this lie going around post-COVID that you have to come to church. It's a lie from the pit of hell. We really must come together and worship. We need to be in God's house now more than ever. The enemy is really roaring and he's trying to kill us and he's trying to steal our children. We need to have ourselves anchored in the Lord. It really is time to get into the house of the Lord when it is time that believers come together and worship. Church matters. And I'm not talking about those who um, cannot come to church because of various health challenges. I am concerned and I am burdened by the saints who believe that it is okay to stay home on Sunday and do everything other than come to God's house and worship. Christianity was never meant to be easy. It was never meant to be easy. It was meant for us to consecrate ourselves, to dedicate ourselves, to, to have ourselves steadfast and anchored and to be loyal to God and to be loyal to his church and to obey the command of Jesus when he says that the saints must come together and worship. It takes effort, I know, but it is worth it. It is worth it and it is necessary. We really ought to have some stick-to-itness and devote ourselves to coming to God's house and worship him together as believers. We cannot be absent like Thomas, finding our time, doing every other thing on Sunday morning, sleeping in, going where we want, and not being loyal to God's church. God demands it that believers come together and worship the church matters. 
It matters that we belong and it matters that we show up to worship and to give God praise in his house. A church that Christ created himself. A victorious church. In the midst of all our struggles, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. We are a victorious body of believers, but we need to begin to come together on the day set apart for worship and worship God. And worship God. Without church, it is easy that our feet can slip. And before you know it, we are sliding. And before you know it, we are peeping and we are hiding. Because we don't want people to see us when we say, I haven't seen you for so long and so we're always hiding. We lose our desire to worship the more we stay away from the house of God. And we need to keep our spirits right. And if it is that we are, we find ourselves adopting a bad habit of staying away from church, we really ought to check ourselves. We ought to look at our lives and do better and be better because Jesus said his church must come together. You're set apart, called out from the world, called out from darkness, and we ought to act like it. A church visible to the rest of the world, participating together in community. That is what the Bible expects of us. That is what God expects of his church, that we come together and we worship. Jesus is doing something wonderful and amazing, but he's doing it in his church. He will not leave his church. He will not forsake his church. And together we are the church. He's doing it in us. And it is important that we are together, hearing from him, worshiping him, participating in communion and other church activities. Better is one day in the house of the Lord than a thousand anywhere else. I don't care if you want to be at the Super Bowl tonight. It is still better in God's house. I don't care if your bed is nice and warm and comfortable, it is still better in God's house. That is what the Bible says. We are blessed and we are favored and it is great when we can come together and worship together and give God glory. That's what Ephesians said, Ephesians 3, that God must be glorified in his church, in his church manifest manifold glory of God in his church. It matters that we belong to a local church. It matters that we show up together and we worship God in his church. And it matters because we need to be in relationship with other witnesses. It matters because we need to know our responsibility to the world. And it matters because we need to receive a word from God. It matters because we need to respond to the wonders of God. It matters that God's people come into his house, not like Thomas, not missing out on important things, but showing up even when it's hard, showing up even when it's painful, showing up even when we don't want to, because believers must come together as the body of Christ and worship.
And I don't know what have kept you out of church. I don't know if you are forming a bad habit of not being in God's church. But I do know that the time is now for believers to return to God's house. Like the psalmist says, my soul yearns to be in God's house. Do you know why he yearned so much? Because they were the sons of Korah. And what happened with the sons of Korah is that Korah, their, their father, he went against Moses' authority. And when he did that, God made the entire ground to open up and it swallowed them whole. And then God, God said that his descendants will not come to his tabernacle for years. And so for seven generations, they were not allowed to go up to Jerusalem to worship. And he's longing. That's what he wrote when they finally got a chance to go back. There was this longing. It is like post-COVID. That should be our response post-COVID. That there is this longing in our heart to be in God's temple. That's how it should be as we look at a wicked, wicked world out there. That there is this longing to be in God's house. A longing and a yearning to be amongst God people are longing to worship God so that we can say better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere and every Sunday morning it is our prayer and our praise to say it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord it is a good thing to praise his name happy to be in God's house and so today Sunday May we be excited right now for next week, Sunday. Preparing our hearts to say, I can't wait for next week, Sunday. When Saturday morning comes, we should be able to say to our children, tomorrow is Sunday, tomorrow is Sunday, tomorrow is Sunday, Sunday morning, wake up early. It is Sunday, wash your face and put your clothes on. Look nice for Jesus and come into God's house and worship him and give him praise and give him thanks. It matters to me and it must matter to you that believers come together and give God praise because he deserves it and he has been good to us he's been good he's been faithful he's been kind and so as the worship team come I want us to take some time and consider your heart and consider everything that may be keeping you away from God whatever may be keeping you from fully engaging into God whatever keeps you from not being consistent whatever is keeping you from not being devoted to Christ's church consider that Rededicate your commitment to God. Rededicate loyalty to God. Get your heart joyful to come into God's house. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks and we give you praise. We honor you because you are a good God. 
We thank you, Jesus, because you created your church and said, my church is a house of prayer. Jesus, you said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not defeat it. We are victorious, God. We thank you that it is a privilege, a privilege to be called royal priesthood, a generation of people called out of darkness into your wonderful light for the sole purpose of showing forth your praises, God. And we must do that together. Help us, God, we pray, to commit ourselves to be people belonging to the body of Christ people being visible to the world as the church, loving each other, caring each other. And so God, we thank you for this morning that we can come and worship and laugh and hold babies and hug and shake hands and smile because that is what believers do. So God, we praise your name for your church and we honor you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.